but COVID has allowed me to sit with myself and understand what makes me happy mm-hmm. versus the version of the happiness people see and paint for me. I think that's important. Um, it's been a lot of pressure just in general for us to become or be these people that people visualize about us or perpetuate us to be. We get lost in that yeah. because you are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back oh, with another Jesus. episode of the Keep the Money on the Forward podcast. I am your host, Lex Bibbs. I'm joined here with Jamie Miller. Jamie, how you doing? Hi. Hi. <laughs> My second out-of-town guest, man, coming all the way from the big state of South Carolina. Yes. What brings you in town? Um, meetings today. Meetings with some more Smithites. Um, since we're on the podcast of Keep the Money on the Ford, we're mm-hmm. having some conversations about service and keeping that, you know, within the Ford and Smithites and graduates. Right. Giving back. Yes. Getting involved. Yes. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. Jamie, I have here that you are a branding, marketing professional, and community activist. I ain't know you could do all that, man. Yes. I didn't know they, they made people like that in Paisland, South Carolina. Wow. Tell us about Paisland, South Carolina. Um, it's in South Carolina. No, um, it's a very small uh, town, about 2,800 population, but, um, we do a lot. I think we've learned to use what we have to build on. Um, you know, it's like a get it out of the mud situation. So we really work hard down there. You know, we're the watermelon capital of the world, which we've pinned ourselves and a lot of people travel to Pageland to go to the beach, or they just come get watermelon. But yeah. So context, like how far is that from Charlotte? About 45 minutes. And it's a beach? No, I said you drive through Pageland oh. to go to Myrtle Beach. Oh, Myrtle Beach. Yes. Okay, I about to say, ain't nobody no beach. No, there's no so beach. I, I heard something totally different. I did hear watermelon though. Yes. And you didn't bring me and Lance any? Uh, they're not in season right now. Oh, okay, okay. Jamie. So this is what I like to do with my guests from Paisland, South Carolina. I like to play a game of this or that. You're my first guest from Paisland. I'm just trying to jazz it up for ratings, you know. Okay. Um, this or that, right? Okay. You ready for the first one? Yes. Basketball or football? Basketball. Who's your team? Boston Celtics. You know players on the Celtics or are you just like a fake fan? No. I started out loving um, the Celtics actually when it was Rondo. KG, Paul Pierce. Okay. So I go way back. And then when they split them up and then the whole super team in Miami, I just kind of fell off. But now I love Kyrie. And then he, you know, was there. In Brooklyn now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got Kemba out there, you know. Well, yeah. Jason Tatum. I'm trying. I'm trying to get back into it. After this whole bubble thing is over and the season starts next year, then maybe I'll come back and be a Celtics Shout out to the NBA, man. They completed the bubble. That was dope. Absolutely. Shout out to the Lakers. Okay, boom. Second question. Nike or Adidas? I'm totally an Adidas girl. But lately, Blazers have been trying to coax me into. Okay, I mean, you got Converse on and people don't know, like, Nike owns Converse. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I know you know. All right, they're gonna get harder. You ready? Ready. A hundred thousand Instagram followers or another stimulus check? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Give me that stimmy, cause I can invest that and do some things with it. 
Yeah, give me the stamina. I would have thought you would have took the followers. I don't care about followers. I know you don't care about followers, but with your platform and what you do, what you'll get into, you could you could make you could flip you can make twelve hundred dollars over. Possible, but with that instant twelve hundred, I can do what needs to be done okay, already. You, she must know a dope dude in uh, Paisley, South Carolina. No. All right, <laughs> moving right along. Rancho blue cheese. Blue cheese. Okay. I'm a blue cheese girl. Me too. Yeah. No. Well, I'm not a blue cheese girl, but I'm a you like blue it. cheese fan. Yeah. Blue okay. Cheese. Boom. You ready for the last one? Yes. Gucci Mane. I said emphasize on the main, like belly Gucci or okay. Jeezy. Jeezy all day. Jeezy all day. Jay Jenkins. Yes. That's his real name. Jay Wayne Jenkins. What's your, what's your favorite Gucci track? I think I love him. I think I love him. Mm-hmm. Well. You know how they go? No. You don't? No. Okay. Sing it. You know, in the gym parties, they used to play it. I can't say the explicit part, but it's... You want me to rap it? Go like, ahead. Please. Um, I think I love her. That's Gucci song. You said you Jeezy. Said, you said what's my favorite Gucci song. Oh, I did. Okay. Sorry. My favorite Jeezy song is... Um, there's a few trying to think of what I play. Anything from TM103. Okay, I did mess that up. Yeah. Gucci, my favorite Gucci song is Lemonade because Big Sean then rapped over it later on, but that's a whole nother story. Okay. And what did you say your favorite Jeezy song was? Just anything from TM103. Okay, that was his first album. The Motivation. That jumps hard. Yeah. My favorite Jeezy song is Put On with the remix featuring Kanye West. I think that's one okay. of Kanye West's hardest um, Lines or hardest verses ever. Yeah. What the part about um, Russell Simmons? I need one of Russell's nieces. Like I get chills, Paul. Every time I listen to that, bro. Like that whole verse, he was in his bag on that. Maybe Trap or Die might be mine. You know, Thug Motivation. I don't know. It's just something about the music. You just yeah. get up in the morning and you feel like a champion listening to Jesus. Right. Yeah. So let's take a step back, right? Going back to Paisley, right? Mm -hmm. How did you find or how did you hear about Johnson C. Smith? Beautiful story. So my deceased Sara, rest in peace to um, Sara Dorothy Arnold. I play AAU basketball. That's why it's you basketball who? or football. So I play AAU and one of our gifts for that season was to go to a game. So we used to play out of, back in the day, um, Charlotte Hornets had a facility with the Sting when the Sting was here. Mm -hmm. They had a facility over in Fort Mill. Yep. So we used to play some of our games over there. And um, after the season that year, we got on the bus and we drove to Smith. She, she is an HBCU graduate. She graduated from Claflin University. Um, and this is also my intro to HBCUs because I had never really heard about them other than state. when we used to go there for like church Meaning trips. South Carolina State. Right, South gotcha, Carolina State. Gotcha. Um, but as a gift to us, we came to a Smith game, mm -hmm. and that was my first Bray Boy experience. What um, year is this? I don't even remember the year. I just remember the bus and us coming. I know I was in high school, I think, or maybe middle school. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But either way, um, came to a Smith game. I got the whole experience with the band, the shaking of the keys, and the whole gym just exploding, and I fell in love. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I need to go to HBCU. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. And so, like, you just knew, like, out of high school, like, I'm going to HBCU, and it's definitely that school in Charlotte. Kind of. Um, unfortunately, my school wasn't very hands-on with helping mm -hmm. with, you know, like, students going to school. For me, um, I graduated in the top 
10% of my class, they really wanted to kind of shuffle us into teaching um, due to maybe the connection with uh, teacher cadet and students in South Carolina, or maybe even the percentage of teachers that graduated that would come back and teach at the school. Yeah. So I really was kind of like on my own trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And um, in my guidance counselor office, I never forget, I told her that I wanted to major in business, but I didn't have a concentration. And for her, it was, well, you look like you'd be great being an administrative assistant. Mm -hmm. So for that, I was like, no, I don't want to be an administrative assistant. Let me do marketing. Um, so that's how I chose, you know, my major and everything. But um, for me, I want to say I just really took a chance and just kind of jumped out there and was like, let me try this. Because, again, they weren't very hands on. Not many people actually out of my graduating class went to school. I think I was the only person that went to school in North Carolina. Everybody mm -hmm. else went to school in South Carolina, whether it was Charleston Southern, yeah. State, Claflin, Francis Marion, Coker. So paint the picture for our audience who are not familiar with Paisley in your high school. What was the name of your high school? Central High School. Central High School. What's the mm -hmm. like um, racial breakup of that school? Um, so our school wasn't really like a split 50-50. It might have been a 65-35, predominantly white. And 35 percent african-american a lot of the students that graduate from our school end up enlisting to the service mm -hmm. they don't really push or encourage them to go to higher ed yeah. which is also another issue maybe over 85 percent of the my class took the act versus the sat mm -hmm. and which really didn't push a lot of them or encourage them to go to school so, of course, I took the ACT as well, being as though I thought that that was, you know, a better option for me. But had yeah. I known better, I would have took the SAT. Yeah. Um, very focused and, I don't know, I guess it's just graduating. They, there wasn't a huge emphasis on um, learning as much. I was in AP classes, you know, honors classes, advanced classes. But... Honestly, it was the same, probably five to seven black people yeah. from freshman year to, to senior year wow. at, at my school. And you graduated high school? 2003. 03, 03, mm. okay. Um, and obviously, you know, simple math, you know, fast forward, you are a part of the mighty class of 2007. Yes, the undeniable, undisputed, family-oriented, amazing class. And y'all just click right away. Like y'all, like y'all, like I I kind of want to come back to this <laughs> in the podcast, but let's talk about it now. Like sure. You know, like I look at 07 and I see like from where you guys are from, like South Carolina, mm -hmm. Jersey, New York, mm -hmm. like everybody, DMV people. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, like this group of people are the true definition of like family mm -hmm. like when somebody say yo no like my classmate that's like my family like how did, mm -hmm. how did that connection come about like was it somebody that was like yo like she's cool with her he's cool with them let's all connect like how did it all so I had the opportunity to experience Golden Bull um I was in the green group shout out to the green group yeah, I you remember, still remember your color yep I remember Robin was our SOL Robin um, Phillips Robin Phillips yeah okay. Phillips was our SOL I can't remember my other SOL but I do remember Robin so I met 
the majority of my friends during Golden Bull um, Academy that weekend. My best friend Monique, um, my you know incredibly amazing friend Erica, was in that group, and we just like bonded like that weekend. And I wasn't even gonna come to Golden Bull, but I came, and we just clicked like that weekend. We <laughs> left campus. I think I drove to Golden Bull. I had a car. So like, I think I drove and met like Janae and like a few other my friends. So being as that weekend, we just all kind of like clicked together. We couldn't wait to come back to school in like mm-hmm. August. So when August rolled around, a lot of the guys were already roommates. The girls weren't roommates technically because I didn't meet my roommate Monique um, until I got to schools. Mm-hmm. I don't think she came to Golden Bowl or she did. She wasn't in my group. But fast forward anyway, a lot of us had classes together. So we just really like was meeting each other in the library. And then we just, okay, this group, this group. And then we just all became like one group. So this all happened maybe between first semester, freshman year to like second semester. By second semester, we were family. Like yeah. it was a done deal. Yeah. Like we were fam by second semester, freshman year. And then after that, we just got closer and closer, yeah. you know. Life happened, and then, like, and we're seriously nah, family like, now. Y'all, besides my class, obviously, shout out to 05, <clears> uh, <throat> saw a 15-year reunion. <clears throat> but, like, 07, man, like, I don't really like to use the J word, but I'm kind of jealous of y'all. Because, most, like, most other y'all, classes like, are. dope is, you know, I'm not we trying are. to curse, but, like, y'all super dope, man. And yeah. um, y'all, y'all... You know, obviously, I'm involved in a lot of the homecoming planning and stuff for the school and on an alumni basis. But like, to me, y'all set the new standard of how you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all like did it on a huge level. Like, where some classes are struggling to get five to ten people back, I feel like y'all whole graduating class came back. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it seemed like because you saw the like the uniformity and the t-shirts. And you just saw the love and y'all did it big for social media. Just like, man, like that's dope. Mm-hmm. So give me the, what's the secret sauce? Let me write it down so I can take it back to my class. Honestly, we just have so much love and respect for each other that it goes beyond just graduating, you know, from a university together. Over time, we've experienced so much, you know, throughout college, you have your growing pains of you be broke together. You know, you experience um, life situations like my father passed away you know while I was in school so having that support from my friends was amazing because I was gonna quit you know it's like you experience the death of a parent and you want to know can you continue without having to just give up everything but I remember my friends being there so much like whatever you need we got you and through that again you know like so much stuff happened to us all like individually i think it all brought us closer together because we experienced life you know having to some people having to drop out come back it was just one of those things where we're like wow if we can get through this then we can get through anything together speaking of big events uh ibn's wedding ah that was like homecoming before homecoming yes it was like like our personal like the best man wedding <laughs> like oh in real life like y'all made me like no lie like i'm i'm i'm, I'm spilling i'm spilling it all 
Like, I just wanted to get off social media. I was like, yo, I can't look at this all weekend. Like, this looks, uh, the fear of missing out. Like, I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, like, B. Reed, you know what I'm saying? He's in the group chat. Shout out B. Reed. Shout out Justin Brown. They was just kind of giving us, like, yo, like, man, the reception was wild. Like, you ran this song back. Like, shout out to Chris for DJing. Like, mm-hmm. just everything y'all did was like a movie. It was amazing. You know and what I mean? we literally traveled. For everybody came from everywhere like state college is out in the middle and if you guys aren't familiar state college pa is like out in the middle of nowhere it's just out there so uh jared and i um everybody knows him as clip him and i drove from charlotte which is like an eight hour drive you have um muff and casey i think they drove from like jersey like closer to philly so that's like, well, Atlantic City, that's another like four hours. You know, people taking planes, trains, buses just yeah. to make it I, to I, our I bro's wedding. I had some people wedding. from Cali come, right? Yeah, like crazy. just to make it to our bro's wedding that we would not miss. And he did it big and y'all did it yeah. big. And y'all shut it down, man. That's how we celebrate. Yeah, so um, I know y'all got some stuff in the works for y'all next reunion. I guess we will see, we'll right? see it when it happens. Okay, yes. okay. 15 so, here in 2022. Whew, okay, we got to wait two more years. <laughs> um, Jamie graduates from college in 2007. Mm-hmm. Do you get a job right away? Like, what happens? Graduating in 07 was a reality. Um, first, thank God I made it because, again, I was on the brink of quitting, you know, after my father passed. Um, I really, after graduating with a marketing degree, Marketing is more now that I know it's about more of the experience than like the book, you know, knowledge. So I didn't necessarily have to be certified to be a marketing professional or, you know, complete something that says now you're ready. It's more about the experience that you have. Um, So, no, when I graduated, um, I was just ready to be grown. So I wanted my own apartment, you know, things like that. But I I worked at Allstate. Mm -hmm. I worked at Allstate for like eight months. Um, still at the mall because I was in retail. So Mm -hmm. that's really what got me started in like understanding what marketing was, was doing like floor sets and doing special events for like bakers. And if anybody's listening, you know, I was the girl that worked at bakers. That's how people kind of... Does bakers still exist? I don't know. It may be online. I think they might have went bankrupt, but it's no longer in the malls. No. But that was kind of the beginning of my brand was... Jamie and Baker's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and after Allstate is when I got into full-time retail and then that's when I really got into corporate was when I, I moved from Charlotte to Greenville South Carolina and I started working um, in the beverage industry so you, so you moved to Greenville to work in the beverage industry mm-hmm. like is there like a particular beverage or just like an umbrella like companies that y'all represented so um, this is the beginning of like my corporate, I would say stint, um, learning about corporate America. I worked for a beverage industry. Well, I worked in a beverage industry for a beverage company for like two years. Um, We did placements during the day, which means that you sell during the day. You're an um, on-field sales rep. So you go and sell into bars, into stores, um, your products that you, you know, um, account for. So Is that kind of like the rep. people that be posted up in like Frugal McDougal, like sample this? Yes. Okay. But since I'm on premise, I do 
uh, re not retail stores. So I do like your bars and your clubs and things like that. Off premise, you go in Frugal McDougal and, gotcha. the, and the liquor accounts. Gotcha. So doing this during the day, you sell in the product and then at night you go promote it. So I did both. I did both sales and marketing. And I did that for two years. My portfolio consisted of everything under Bacardi USA, you know, which is like Bacardi, Bombay, you know, you learn all those products. Mm -hmm. Then I had um, Brown Foreman, which is your Jack Daniels. And then I did Remy, uh, Remy Quantro, which of course is Remy VSOP. Um, you still got some of them bottles at the crib? I don't, but <laughs> shout out to that time in my life because yeah. it was very beneficial to my weekends coming to Charlotte. So I got to ask, because somebody's been like, why you ask her that you get free liquor all the time? Do they give you free liquor to take home? Like, You know, I will say that I was, able to, I was able to enjoy <laughs> the bottles yes. that I had that were not used for promotion. But if it was left over, then yes. That's a nice way of saying that uh, when they wasn't looking, the you bottles know. disappeared. I made I took I took full full advantage of the absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. So what was like your go-to drink in those days like working under those companies? You know, I sold so much of it that I really didn't drink during that time. Okay. I only did it for the clients that I would service and like go in and hang out with them. Yeah. Um I was a shot a huge shot girl then, so all Bacardi shots. And you um, going to like spots in Greenville, just so yeah. Fine. So like Main Street um, during like Halloween, say like now, you mm -hmm. would do what you call is um, oh what is it? I can't even think. Like a crawl. Yeah. So you would do like crawl. So you would book those um, crawls with the different clubs and bars, yeah. and you would just go and you like pour shots. And we yeah. had we had to take a, a service training class that showed how much you could pour. And so you can't pour like a full shot to where they're like getting drunk. This is simply just like sampling. Right, right. So sampling shots, um, you will pour and you just go to like four or five clubs in a night. So my biggest places I loved was like downtown Greenville to go um, Jack Daniel's birthday, which is I think like September 4th, mm -hmm. like happy birthday, Jack. So you do all Jack Daniel shots. Yeah. So I had fun, you know, doing it. Cause of course, who wouldn't want to party? You party for free, right. you can get drunk for free, your right. job. Right. But, you know, you, be responsible. A, you do. And as a young black professional and yeah. a predominantly, you know, I would say Caucasian area, it was hard. Yeah, you know? you got to be a couple steps ahead, you twice do. as professional. Yeah. You know, you can have fun, but not too much fun. Right. Because then you like the drunk black girl instead of just the drunk girl that works for the company. Or the very opinionated, aggressive, angry black girl, right. you know, so. Right. You don't just had don't to... piss Jamie off. Yeah. <laughs> you like my little voice? This was like during like the Obama era, like 09, 2010, you know, well, no, 2010, because that's yeah. when I started. 2010, 2011, when Obama was in office. So just imagine, having the experience for that, sure for sure know. like they already managed you because it's a black president yeah so so when did you get out of that and then what happened after that so you know i always tell the story when i do podcasts so i won't go too deep into it but basically i hit a, a ceiling where i didn't feel as i could be as creative or grow as much as i felt like i wanted to um so something happened and you know, God is really amazing because I will say everything was in perfect alignment of how my exit happened. It wasn't a forced exit. It wasn't a, I got to do this to do that. It literally was my best friend was having a baby shower and I came to Charlotte. I started looking for apartments 
And I was like, I got to get out of my situation in Greenville. God, if you just help me through this, you know, what it is. Came home um, to Charlotte, applied for an apartment that weekend, got approved. I went back to Greenville, put in my two weeks. The apartment was ready within that two week time frame. Um, I came back and that was the birth of 518. 518 Group. Yes. Which is marketing. Yes. So tell us about it. So 518, the numbers, I always get asked this question. Um, if you say 518 or 518, it's actually my birthday. Okay. So my birthday is May 18th. And I came up with it um, just because I know in life, everyone is birthed with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And for me, I felt like using those numbers will help me um, figure out what is my purpose in life. Again, you know, I have a marketing degree, marketing major. So why not go into the marketing space? Right. So you created your own. Yep. Because okay. I felt like the last job I worked, um, they didn't allow me to be, you know, as creative as and expand as I felt like I should have. Correct me. So if I'm following you. Mm hmm. Quit your situation in Greenville. Mm -hmm. Get an apartment in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Start the 518. Now I got to mm -hmm. hit the pavement because mm -hmm. I got to pay my bills. I got to live. Right. So talk us through that. Like, how'd you go about getting your first clients or, so, or doing events and stuff? Okay, so I moved back to um, Charlotte 2012, October. I never forget it was homecoming. So I come back, busted open my 401k. <laughs> I was like, got to pay my bills. I don't have, you know, no yeah. steady income coming in. At the time, and I'll you know reiterate this, I had no plan. I was really a girl that winged everything. I was gonna deal with it when it happened. Right. Um, so not having a financial plan, you know, moving back, it was literally like, how am I gonna make this happen? I'm close to paying off my car. You know, I got this new apartment. How am I gonna afford to pay like my rent? Um, all I knew is that I just wanted to get out of my current situation and make it better. So. I blessed it open my 501k, I mean 401k, took the money out of that, and my company had matched 100%. So I was good, you know, for balling. the time that I was there. I was not balling, definitely not. <laughs> but it was enough for me to be able to move, get furniture, yeah. pay my rent, do all of that, right? Um, then reality hit in like November, December. It's like, okay, a new month is rolling in. I can't be up just out here finessing like I got it. And I, one of my um, old friends that I had kind of interned with prior to me moving to Greenville, he had started a, a PR company. And I came in under him and started working out of an office and started doing like some PR, um, which was cool, but it wasn't really paying the way that it should have. So again, you know, financial situation where I gotta figure out how to make money and had to call back home for my mom to help me, you know, pay some things, maybe go half on it. I was yeah. still trying to, you know, work to make money to, to make ends meet. And then in December is when I met Skills. So then I go from... DJ you know, Skills. Right. So I go from not having no clients, no work at all, to uh, meeting him at a album release party for TI and that's when he expressed to me that he was interested in working with me and that kind of really was the blossom or bloom to 518 and the first client that I had okay and mm -hmm. um yeah I like skills a lot skills is a dope DJ 
Absolutely, it's my brother. Yeah, what other um, people or clients did you represent or have represented under your 518? Man, it's, it's been everything from, it, it kind of morphed into like entertainment marketing, uh, which is not really what I had set it out to be, it's just kind of the way it happened. So on the side of me dealing with, uh, you know, managing skills and his brand, I also did, um, I did album release parties for Fantasia. I worked a little bit with her, you know, older brother, Rico Barino. I've, you know, done everything from working with, uh, shout out to Larry and Wingsa, mm -hmm. the amazing Mambo yeah. Sauce and yeah, Wingsa man. truck, you know, doing things with him. I've done partnerships with the Gantt Center. I mean... I've worked with a plethora of people in this is various industries. So it wasn't just one particular set industry, but a lot of that was like entertainment marketing, like doing events, yeah. album release parties and setups um, for that. And I do Darren, right? Yes. So yeah. then um, fast forward to now, 2020, I started to realize for me that I kind of grew weary of the entertainment industry just because the ups and downs had nothing to do with the people that I work with. It was just the type of energy that you have to have to it's be in industry. that business. Yeah, it's just the industry. And again, if you're not built for it, it's one of those things where you're going to fold or float, you know, for me. So I just kind of parted. I wouldn't say I, I folded, but yeah. I kind of parted and said, let me figure out where I'm supposed to be in terms of legacy. You know, how am I going to self-serve um, and still serve others in the, in the same capacity? Um, so from there, um, it's kind of like how I did more with Project First, mm -hmm. which is my nonprofit. And I know we'll, you know, speak on that. But working with Darren is more of a service aspect because he's a dentist mm -hmm. and we do missionary work to provide dental services for people who can't afford it. So it's very minimal services. It's not like root canals or anything, but it could definitely be an extraction or a teeth cleaning yep. but these are just for people who do currently don't have dental insurance may not be able to you know afford dental insurance yeah. he provides those services um in a blessed way through the mission missionary and they do it on the bus yeah he um i was uh i went and hollered at him a couple of weeks ago he was on he was like my second podcast guest mm -hmm. and um he speaks highly of you and your work and your marketing and you know even now we've kind of talked offline like a recent flyer you helped him create that's something that he sent to me so i can help him as well and get mm -hmm. more connected just leveraging like resources with the charlotte alumni chapter and the, the national naa mm -hmm. um that's dope and I, I love the service because it's like you know again you you, you say service you say legacy like mm -hmm. at some point in time as we grow as we get older it's like the fun will always be there but it's like what is my purpose what right. am i doing and what will i leave behind right not even also what will they remember me by but it's like what am I really doing out here? And, right. and um, I, well, there's a podcast I read somewhere like you're at your happiest when you're serving other people mm -hmm. or you're serving the community. I love that. Right. Um, you also have a scholarship under Project First, right? Yes. Tell us about that scholarship. So I'll start with um, Project First is a nonprofit that I yep. started back in 2012. Um, I tried to figure out a way as an ode to Sara Arnold, who passed away, who did so much for the community, how to um basically passed the torch to the next generation as she passed the torch to me and that was really like my thank you for thanking you for paving the way showing me um what this looks like and how i can be a better asset or servant to my community 
Um, so with that, I started giving away um, or awarding a senior at my old high school a $500 scholarship um, that would go towards higher ed. So for them, it could be their tuition, it could be for textbooks, it could be money um, that would be used, you know, strictly for college experience. And I named it after her. It's, so it's the Dorothy Arnold Scholarship. Yeah, that's dope. Thank you. And um, I used to host an annual tournament through the tournament basketball tournament. Again, loving basketball. I believe you. Who? I love, I, I was a forward. I was a power forward. We'll have to look on YouTube or something. Lefty, lucky lefty, you know. You got to know me. Um, and my number was also 23. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, starting the, the nonprofit, I used to just do um, one event for service every yeah, year, yeah. which was the tournament. We called it Kings of the Court. So it's like who's taking a trophy, yeah. you know, at the end of the tournament, which, I mean, you know, this year would have been the eighth year and it's grown so much that guys now look forward to it. It's their annual thing to do like every year. Um, and through Project First and through growing this, I've found out so much more about myself and so much more in the understanding of what giving back means. It yeah. doesn't always have to be like monetary. It can just be your presence mm -hmm. and the physical ability to just be there for somebody else. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a major blessing because I realized the assets that I have obtained and the resources that I've been obtained, you know, since moving away and then coming back, I can now see what we're missing right. and then apply that to the community so that um, other people can experience it. Or if not, share my resources so that they can have access to that. No, that's that's big. That's big. Um, were you still able to do the scholarship even though this whole COVID pandemic thing happened? Yes. So last the, year? the blessing in that was even though we couldn't do the um, tournament, the money, we still were able to get funds donated and um, we were still able to award two scholarships this yeah. year to two seniors. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Um, what is their sister, Charlotte? So, okay. One more thing I want to point out about Project right. First right. is another part of that is I wanted my own day. So that was another big accomplishment this year was um, receiving a proclamation for Janie Miller Day, which is on 518, my birthday. So Wait. Lance, <laughs> you know, we keep track of humble brags here to keep the money on the floor podcast. You know, we had one guest tell us they just left people in their uh, basement and they just flew somewhere. It was like, just check out when you leave. We have today's guest that says she has her own day in her hometown. Mm -hmm. May 18th. Mm -hmm. Little brag. Keep going, Jamie. Yes. We keep track of humble brags here. You um, got your own day? I do. How do you get your own day? I wanted it. Um, in terms of legacy, it is what does legacy mean to you? And I really want everybody to think about that. Like, what does your legacy or legacy mean to you? Because it means different things to different to people. To different people, right. And for me, coming from a place that's very small, you know, we got to work with what we have. And a lot of people do. So I don't want, you know, me to have my little ho-hum that sounds like, oh, you know, there's a lot of people from small places. But typically when you're from small places, you know the mindset that comes with that. 
So it's really, you know, digging yourself out of a place where you feel like you can't get far because you have a short end of the stick, right? Um, So going back home and started thinking about like my legacy, um, I want to be known as a person who gave her all to a place that gave themselves to her, you know? Mm -hmm. Wherever I am, I'm going to always rep Paisland, no matter how small it is, no matter how many jokes I made, it's where I'm from, it's what made me. Um, So saying that, I felt like I only knew of one other person, which was Sora Arnold, that had her own day. Mm -hmm. And again, everything I do, I feel like is in honor of her because she gave so much. So in legacy terms, I want to be able to be that type of person. Um, And I just wrote a letter to the mayor. I told the mayor what I do, what I've been doing, my dreams of doing more for my community. And they approved it. And um, I found out on my father's birthday this year. His birthday is February 12th. So I got the call on his birthday that I was approved to receive the proclamation. Congrats to you. Thank you. And I I saw it on social media, but not going to lie, I forgot. But that's dope, man. (laughs) I saved it for um, Women's International Day. I think I'm saying that backwards. But International Women's Day, March 8th, is when I announced it. But, yeah. I have my own proclamation at home. She got her own day. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, you mentioned Sora Arno a lot mm-hmm. in Legacy. Do you still keep in touch with members of her family? Her granddaughter. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I do keep in touch with her granddaughter. Um, and just to let her know, you know, I'm still here. If she ever, you know, wants to reach out or, you know, come involved, be involved in service with me. So, yeah, yeah we, we grew up together because we played ball together as well. Okay. So. She was nice too, huh? We still have What was her number? I don't remember. Maybe 11, <laughs> 10. I'm not sure. I'm joking. So can we talk about Dear Sister Charlotte? Yeah, How did sure. that come about? What is it? Um, so Dear Sister first started out as an open letter to a lot of the many women that I've met along my journey, you know, of being Jamie. That's everywhere from Express to Bakers to... Greenville to just being out and about in the city of Charlotte. Um, As you know, Charlotte can be very community based. I don't want to say cliquish, but, you know, very tight communities and pools of people. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like there was some type of fire and spark that was here. We just haven't found it yet. But then we would travel to other cities to fill that same spark that we could, you know, curate or create here. Yeah. And my last trip to do that, I went to Atlanta because I was searching for, you know, what that spark was myself. Took a trip to Atlanta, um, attended an event, and I realized, like, we can really do this same thing here in Charlotte, especially with so many dope women that I know that I've met along the way, um, people who have inspired me and motivated me. I thought, well, why don't we create that same feel in Charlotte? Yeah. So that's where Dear Sister came from, because it's my letter saying, hey, sis, you know, whatever you need help with, like, I got you. And um, what started out was just like a small thing of me thinking that maybe I could host 75 women to just talk about life and, you know, how things are happening, morph into like over the years, like over 300 plus women just being involved in the top of January, just 
wanting to set goals and feel Vision great goals, about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys have something, um, or host something rather, in the Music Factory? Was one I of your did. events in the Music yeah. Factory before? I did um, at, um, what is it, BGBG? Okay. But it was in the the big space. I don't know the name of it now. Okay. But yeah, it was in there, um, in there. I think that was 08, 2018, sorry. Okay. When I hosted it there, yeah. I think my wife attended one of those. That was the 300 plus women that That's dope. totally scared me because I was not expecting but that you, many women. You made to be plans, there. he made bigger plans. Right. I asked for an increase and I got it. Yeah. Um, I usually ask this guest, um, sorry for jumping around, um, like what has COVID life been like for you? Uh, I usually ask that at the top of the interviews, but we, mm-hmm. we're switching around today. You know, you're from Pageland and stuff, watermelon and <laughs> proclamations, and you know, you used to play basketball, so we just all over the place. You know. Um, but yeah, what's COVID been like for you? Has, what, what's been the highs, what's been the lows? If You know, as much as you want to share. COVID has created quarantine 15, so say that first. So all my greedy people, y'all know what I mean with the quarantine 15. Just like, go vegan, bro. Fresh, you, freshman you, 15. Go I love vegan chicken. And you can drop it. So terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so COVID life has been um, a lot of writing. It has been a lot of prayer. It has been a lot of sitting down and sitting with myself. I love me. Um, I've, I've listened to other people have conversations um, really addressing, you know, personal things that is really bothersome to them. But COVID has allowed me to sit with myself and understand what makes me happy mm-hmm. versus the version of the happiness people see and paint for me. I think that's important. Um, it's been a lot of pressure just in general for us to become or be these people that people visualize about us or perpetuate us to be. We get lost in that yeah. because we're in a social media world, society, where you're constantly seeing, you know, people taking flights, you know, catch flight not feelings and in all these foreign countries and driving these foreign cars and these $200 dates and marriages. And, you know, it's a lot going on around us. And COVID has allowed me to sit with myself pull away from what I'm seeing with everybody else's life mm-hmm. and figure out what I want for my own. Yeah. Um, and even if my life isn't how I had dreamed or pictured it to be, I got to know that I still can accomplish those things and not put it so much on the timeline yeah. that I, I felt like we do, you know? Yeah. You just said a lot there. Um, I'm going to try to unpack that real quick. Um, that's real. You know, it's one of the realest things somebody has said on this podcast, on this platform, because social media is a, is a, is a projector screen, mm-hmm. none the least. You know what I'm saying? And we, we, people project, people cap, people stunt, people spend money they don't have to make it seem like, yeah, I got it all going on when it's like, yo, I'm miserable inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have or been there and know somebody, you know what I'm saying? But that's dope that you had like a, a period to like, you know what, I'm gonna self-reflect and figure out what matters to Jamie. I love Jamie, first and foremost, cause a lot of people, you know, this whole pandemic thing has, they've been wrestling with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm wrestling with myself because 
I miss what I do. Or I miss what I used to do, which was be in front of kids, mm -hmm. impact kids. And I tell people all the time, they ask me about school. You ask me about this offline, I'm like, man, this is weird. I feel like they took my superpower from me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This whole virtual thing and, and education is just weird. But what I'm saying is like, you really have to pray. You really have to go for walks, work out, and just be like, yo, I'm not going to let my mind play tricks on me. Like, right. I am who I am. This is a small season. I don't know if this life will ever get back to normal. Right. This is the new normal. Not, right. But it's like, you got to look yourself in the mirror and deal with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if people are real with themselves, a lot of people have had to do that during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I also, you know, want to express that even if what you did up until this current moment is not where you want to be moving forward, that's also okay. Like, I've even had several conversations, you know, with my close friends, like, I'm not in love with what I used to do anymore. And when you fall out of love with it, that means it's time to let it go. Like what? Um, I don't like the rat race of, like I said, entertainment marketing and mm -hmm. things like that. I still love events. I still love marketing. I just felt like it's kind of like a high and low microwave of it's fire for the moment. But then yeah. what happens after that, this you know, yeah. um, and then you get ready for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing without yeah. taking the breather to really figure that out. And um, for me, it's just been like now I want to pivot and do I want to go fully more into service with Project First mm -hmm. and make that you know, my number one priority, or do I want to keep doing, you know, 518 business, or do I want to scrap everything I felt like I knew about marketing and just start over? So let's let's land the plane right there, um, mm -hmm. pivoting. Mm -hmm. You know, actually that's a term used in basketball. I don't know if you know that, Jamie. But uh, talk about the power of pivoting coming out of a season like this, mm -hmm. like, and what that means to you and just your journey and your legacy and everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's very cliche when they say don't put all your eggs in one basket. You can't. So the biggest thing through all of this in terms of pivoting is figure out what really works for you, not what looks good, not what's going to make you the most money, because we know there are people that have jobs they absolutely hate, but it makes them good money. Mm -hmm. And that's not a way to live if you're going to drag going to work, but the money's good. That's mental stress. Because you're living for the weekend. Right. That's mental stress. If you're mentally stressed, your body is going to eventually shut down because it's not prepared to produce the work that needs to be produced because you're overwhelmed. Right. Um, and that's been a spike in COVID and this pandemic is, you know, people searching for mental health therapists. Mental health awareness has been major throughout this time. I mean, you know, many blessings and prayers to all those who took their lives during this time because... They've had very stressful jobs and situations yeah. and, you know, couldn't figure out how to pivot. Right. So pivoting for me looks like if one thing is not working, finding what does work for me. And if it's the way that I can monetize that, then do so. But also follow the work that I'm loving. Yeah. Not because it's, you know, gonna. And if I could do it without getting paid. I would totally do that. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I got bills just like everybody else. So um, I still got to get paid for the work that I do. But pivoting is still figuring out, like I said, sit still, which is something, you know, that I have tattooed on my arm as a reminder. 
um, be still, know that I'm God, you know, Psalms 4610, sorry, to mm-hmm. get all spiritual on you. You're but but um, pivoting is, again, writing down what your life looks like for you. And the more people that will understand, if you got to completely stop, come to a full stop and start over, that's okay. If you have to now go into something different because what you thought you loved, you no longer love anymore, yeah. that's okay. But finding joy and happiness in yourself personally um, needs to be the number one thing right. because you can't pour from an empty cup. So you, um, I love this because it correlates to our last guest, my last guest, Zena. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's she, also my beautiful Sarah. Of course, shout it out, shout yeah. it out, all that. BST, I love you, Zena. You yes. know what I mean? Um, she talked about kind of like the GPS system and recalculating. Like, you know how like if you follow a GPS and you accidentally make, you miss your turn and you go the wrong turn, mm-hmm. the GPS just says recalculating. So mm-hmm. to me, I correlate it too because it's like recalculating pivot. But with that though, um, you know, I talk to my friends about these podcasts and our group chats and they like, oh, I think that was dope what Zena said. But like some people or some of us don't have the the the... The opportunity to pivot or to recalculate and say, you know what, I'm going to shut it all down at this job. I can move back home with my family mm-hmm. or I can do that because we have kids or we have wives or mm-hmm. we just created so much debt. So what would you say to that person that, you know what, I don't want to work at Bank of America anymore. I actually want to go and just write a book or be an artist, but they got all this debt, all these bills. How does that mm-hmm. person pivot? For them, um, and I can just speak on the fly because I know actually a few people in those situations is first have common sense because again, if you are married or you have kids, you just can't completely give up everything because you have a family to provide for and support. Um, So I would say work up to a place as anyone should, making sure that you have the means, meaning in savings to um, be able to take care of your family maybe for the next six months with Mm -hmm. that money. Um, also speak to your partner about that, you know, speaking from, I'm, I mean, I'm single, so I don't, I'm not married, so I don't have, you know, a partner to um, have that conversation with. But if your partner is in full support, maybe you want to talk to them about maybe, you know, providing, being the sole yeah. provider for the family while you do go and seek that. Because again, you got to think long term and not just for the short term gratification. For sure. Because um, that book could be a bestseller. And now you're on the top, you know, of the list. And now the family is even more blessed because you can, you know, travel freely um, with that that you made because you took that time off. But I also say if you're saving and you have a plan, have a plan for it. Because, again, I was a winger. I'm not a winger no longer because I realized that winging it ain't going to get me nowhere. Mm -hmm. But right where I started. So have a plan and. Don't make it so stressful that you're trying to complete X, Y, Z by specific dates because you're going to look up and realize that date has already yeah. passed. Yeah. Now you're stressed because you didn't hit your goal. Right. Um, but talk it over with your significant other. You know, sometimes maybe you might have to become a minimalist. Cut down on some of the extracurricular activities and things that you do. Sacrifice a little mm-hmm. because, again, instant gratification is just a thing, but long-term or longevity... Right. And what your end goal is means more than what you're thinking about, right. you know, for a short term. Can I add something to that? Um, and don't compare, right? Right. Again, going back to social media and just the world we live in, right? Where like we're constantly scrolling, like, damn, 
they went on another vacation. Damn, mm-hmm. another two hundred dollar dinner. Yep. Damn, he upgraded her ring, and you looking at your wife ring, or you looking at the last one? Like we just went to Asheville, and you took her to. I keep saying Tulum. Took her to Tulum. Like hey, Tulum was a party spot. Okay, we had just got back from Tulum, and then COVID happened, and then, yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all knew about it, but again, I'm just using those examples. Like you can't compare because that is a thief of joy. You right. know what I'm saying? And like that's you know. Everybody's situation is right. different. Right. Like I got. I got friends that like, um, you know, like I heard this dude from A&T on Instagram say the other day, like homecoming won't allow me to be like, man, I'm trying to get like you. You right. know what I'm saying? Like that whole like thing, like it's like, right. no, nah, like we got to stop saying that. Like I, right. instead of insert, man, I'm happy for you, right, bro or sis or whatever you want to use, because like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it takes to keep that up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that takes sacrificing my family. Right. Or money or whatever, or stress or mental state, you know what I mean? But that's just so easy to be like, I'm trying to get like you, bro. I'm trying to get like you. It's like, nah, I'm happy for you, my dude. Because right. I'm on my own lane, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and um, sorry, another story. Like, I used to always tell my grandma. My grandma likes to play lottery. My grandma don't listen to the podcast, so I can put her business out there. She's 83 <laughs> years old. Love you, deaf grandma. See you next week. Um, I used to tell her when I was a kid, your dog ain't dead, meaning your day is coming. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I say that to myself all the time, and I encourage my friends that, like, bro, like, yo, your day coming. Mm-hmm. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like the next man. Don't try to be like these celebrities you see because, right. bro, this is all filtered. This is right. all, like, put together nicely mm-hmm. for your feet. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So we can't compare ourselves. Right. Like, your journey is your journey. Boom. That's it. I used to have a bracelet that said that, but unfortunately, you got a lot of bracelets on over there. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions, and I'm gonna let you go back to Paisley. Um, <laughs> so, back to the entertainment industry, real quick. Yes. Talk about pivoting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you what do you think concerts are gonna look like in the future? You know, that's a very unfortunate situation because I'm a heavy and very huge, you know, advocate for concerts. Stop. I read on your Instagram that you're an R&B junkie. Yes, I am. Favorite R&B album? Like, of all time? Or some of, some of your favorite R&B artists. Okay. Top three R&B artists right now. Who you listen to? Okay, so like, Lucky Day. It's like... Never heard. Lucky Day. I love her. I love... Okay, I play Anita Baker religiously. I know she's mm-hmm. more like R&B soul, but I'm a heavy... Neo soul R&B, burn your sage, light your candle type girl. What are your plants? You're a plant lover. I saw that on your Instagram. I as well. am. I'm a plant mom. What's up with the like? I feel like plants. People loving on plants is at an all time high right now. Is that the new thing people picked up on COVID? I'll speak for myself because I can't speak Please for speak others. Please speak for yourself. I've always loved plants. My grandmother was a heavy plant lover. A lot of my friends flowers. love plants too. They like to light them. You know what I mean? Right. Those you, plants are awesome it? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to like plants back in the day, um, but my grandmother loved flowers, love, love flowers, and that's where I got it from. Okay. And when she passed, I always think about things in this way, and I, I'm not gonna go too far off, but I always love the nostalgic piece of connections to people that I have. So there could be one particular thing in general that I correlate with a person. And again, I'm someone that I don't like to share myself with so many people because I feel like 
it's a it's a blessing to experience whoever you allow in your space. So my grandmother's space was that time was outside planting flowers and you know being with her. I don't want to go too far, but yeah. anyway, plant mom is very trendy right now. Yes. But plants also have health benefits. Clean air. Um, I'm a natural nurturer. So nurturing flowers to keep them alive is a huge uh, gift to have because a lot of my friends kill their flowers. How many days a week should you water your plant? There's no days a week. You should really water your flowers once a week. Depending on what type of flower you have. But I be seeing people like spray them. Junk. That's misting. Okay. So that's to just, you know, like it's like their coffee in the morning. So when you wake up, you miss your flowers. You know, you talk little, to your flowers, right? You do have to talk to them. Can you curse at your flowers? No, because they plants have feelings. How do you know it's upset? Because it shrivels and it like droops. So peace lilies have their own. They're so dramatic. I have a lot of peace lilies. Peace lilies are dramatic. We, peace we lilies are like the black people of plants. Yeah, like I have one named Leah. I feel like she's a Leo because she needs so much attention. Sorry to all the Leos that I know. But um, yeah, like I'm a plant mom. I, I absolutely adore plants. Okay, I totally interrupted the question I asked you, but yeah, concerts, okay. how are they going to pivot coming out of this? Um, honestly, you know, I love being in person. I look on my, you know, Facebook memories always reminds you where you were at this mm -hmm. time in the last five to 10 years. So I was in concerts, like it was a Tamiya concert, I think last year, two years ago around this time. Um, I don't know. I like to be physically there singing and partying with the people. Yeah. So I don't know if I feel virtual concerts. You know, like the whole versus thing is cool because it is your experience in it as yeah. a social media family. But physically, I want to be there. You think they're done with those versus things? No, I actually saw like versus part two coming. So okay, mm -hmm. next season. Um, speaking of events and concerts, uh, did you attend the alumni gym jam last year during homecoming at Underground? I think I saw a picture of you there. I, I did. That Saturday night? What'd you think about that? I loved it. It loved was it? amazing. Man, we had something yeah. up our sleeves this year. I can't give it away because it might be for 2021. Yeah. But I, we were coming back bigger heavy. and better. Yes. 2021. That I, whole thing was going to go times two real quick. My favorite DJ, shout out to Louis V and Skills. Yeah. For you know, curating the soundtrack for the night. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere was amazing. Homecoming is such a a beautiful time. Yeah. We we're getting robbed of that this year, man. You know, and I don't know how we're gonna cope. So no, you know, no fish plates, no, no past this drink, just drink was in the cup. No, you gotta pray for all the HBCU graduates and attendees because we we not okay right now. We definitely not okay. I'm going to see a therapist. Uh, we're not okay. The last week of uh, October. I'm gonna just keep sharing, you know, Facebook memories and I know. homecoming memories until the date passes. Um, real quick about Smith. Um, what? That's a hard question because again, you, you you guys are really involved, like '07, and I I, I don't want you to give too much away, but like, what do you think we need to do as alum to 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 keep the institution alive from your perspective? Have a conversation. An honest conversation to to insert yourself in, in what's happening what I've learned as an adult is we're poor communicators 
it may not be for everybody, but you know, as a kid, you know, kids fly off at the mouth and say the most honest thing, even though it hurts your feelings, mm-hmm. like they're going to be honest with you and kids communicate. Um, but as adults, we just don't talk about what really needs to be handled. So we need to have an honest conversation with alumni and current, you know, students or however about what's going on and what the future looks like for our beloved university. And, you know, you have a degree from there. You spent, you know, four years, maybe five, maybe six, maybe eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, years, (laughs) you know, at Smith. And if you love it that much, then it doesn't have to be $500 that you give back, but it can be 1867. You know, it can be something. So a lot of us, you know, COVID, pandemic, we might not have all the funds, but we can have some funds. Yeah, you got five dollars. And and that was something, you know, a conversation 07 has had maybe the weekend, the money that we would spend usually on going out, partying. Maybe it could be a collective 1867 that we give back to the school. Yeah. They, um, they talked about that. So last night was uh, the Charlotte alumni call. So. <clears throat> just breaking, not breaking news, but the school is is going to encourage people that some of the money they would have spent during mm-hmm. homecoming mm-hmm. Um, to donate that back to the university. Because I read something like, like the state of Greensboro makes like a hundred million dollars the weekend yes. at Geo. Yeah, like just that's insane. The economy just booms. You know right. what I'm saying? But no, I, I I love asking people that because I get a different answer every time. And you know, again, it's time, talent, treasure. So if you ain't got the money. Donate your talent. If you ain't got the talent, donate your time and whatever. Like, just figure it all out. But get involved, get engaged, give back, and start with your your class. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Figure out who your class agent is. I'm pretty sure it's not an alumni chapter in Paisley, South Carolina. But <laughs> join an alumni chapter. You know what I'm saying? Just play your part. Like, I love that school. I love that university. Like, I think it's well documented because it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was my get out of D.C. free card. Mm-hmm. Go to college. I ain't coming back. You know what I mean? But um, again, I just want to see it still there years to come because a lot of our HBCUs are struggling, especially with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. But man, we talked about a lot today, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, this is the last question, and then I'm going to get you to shout out your socials. But with everything you got going on, Jamie, um, the 518, uh, Project First, Dear Sister, your scholarship, how do you measure success? That's a great question. You know why we get caught up in what success should look like. I always think about my past accomplishments of things that I never thought that I would have accomplished. So success for me is doing exactly what I set my heart out to do and accomplishing that. That's success for me. I don't want to create some astronomical bar that I have to say this makes me successful because then if I don't achieve that now I feel like a failure so for me it's setting out the things that I express that I want to accomplish and achieve and achieving those things and saying I did that so like me having a proclamation with my own day that was a goal I set probably a year prior to which I now look back at my notes and wrote like you know proclamation for 518 or Jamie Miller day and I did it so that's success for me. I'm successful in that manner. So whatever goals I list of things that I want to achieve, 
is how I measure my success. Not by what it looks like to someone else or what they deem successful, but literally what I say, if I could open up a school or, you know, whatever Mm. that's successful for me. If I can get 15 kids to learn how to swim, that's success for me because Mm -hmm. I help to give back. And that's the importance of, I always say, support the give back because I gave so that someone else could, you know, to service someone else. And that's deep. That's deep. Can you please shout your social medias out? How can people get in touch with you? I know you got some merch. Shout that out. Everything. I don't want nobody following me. You don't want nobody following? I'm I mean, joking, you, you said you were single, man. You might get a couple <laughs> DMs or something. I don't know. No. No. This this this, this about to be uh Mm-mm. cuffing season. No. Yeah, right? Right? Or oh, it's cuffing season over. No, I it's think coming the, up. The, okay. The see it. See it. See yeah, the draft. See That's the bubble draft. over, girl. You better get them applications in. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you can uh, follow me on EXO um, Hello Jamie. That's my personal IG page. Facebook, Jamie Miller. Um, my business page is the T-H-E 518 group. And Dear Sister is Dear Sister C-O-T. So they're all one words, no hyphens, no underscores, no exclamation marks. Just all straight EXO Hello Jamie. The 518 Group and Dear Sister CLT. And if you forget all four of those handles, you can just look on my Instagram and I'm going to tag every single one of them. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Keep the Money on the Tour podcast. Jenny Miller, thank you so much. Thank you for keep having going, me. Keep going, keep shining. Thank you. Keep writing new proclamations. Bring us some <laughs> watermelon next time. Yes. And be safe going back to Paisley, South Carolina. Thank you. Appreciate it. Till next time. We out. <laughs>